I live about 60 miles north of New York City in Dutchess County, and our local chamber of commerce has a saying, think local first. Yet, when you look at the landscape of digital marketing, nobody is thinking local first, and it is a huge, huge missed opportunity. In today's episode, we're going to jump into how you can boost traffic to your website by thinking local first. That and more coming up on the marketingandservice.com podcast. Hey, this is Justin Veruzzo from marketingandservice.com, the podcast to help you build your business by creating incredible customer relationships. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please take a moment to follow or subscribe. And if you want to do me a huge favor, leave a five-star review. It means a lot to me and it keeps me motivated and keeps me making these episodes. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on marketingandservice.com Facebook page. What marketing challenges are you having with your business? What would you love to learn more about? Let me know and I'll make these episodes just for you. On today's show, I have invited Wendell Jordan Jr. to join me to discuss thinking local first and how to tackle local SEO. Wendell is an expert at local SEO, and he has his thriving SEO business based out of San Antonio, Texas, but he is a New Yorker at heart. Before we jump into this interview, I want you to consider a few things to keep in the back of your mind as you listen. Almost half of all Google search results right now is local search. And the goal of Google is to always provide the answer to the question that you ask or to provide the resource that you are looking for. And if you search something on Google like mechanics, the goal of Google is to find you a mechanic based on where you are. Traditionally speaking, in the world of SEO, you would be having this global competition. So when someone types mechanic, you're the mechanic who shows up first in the search results. The problem is, is if you're that person who has succeeded and now you're driving all this global traffic to your website for a mechanic, but you only serve a hundred mile radius somewhere in California, that's not going to be helpful for the person in New York. So Google has really, really worked hard to push and to refine local search. It's going to use your location data on your phone. It's going to use your IP address to determine your approximate location if you're on a desktop. And there's all these things that they can do to figure out approximately where you are, if not exactly where you are. And in doing so, they hope that when you search for mechanic, that you will get a list of mechanics that are very close to you and that can serve your need. Problem is, is most mechanics don't realize this is a thing, so they're not building out their website to focus on local SEO. Instead, they're hiring these bigger companies that do digital marketing, that are doing these broad global strategies to try to boost you to the top of the search results, but it's not always that helpful in a local search. So without any further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Hey, today we have Wendell Jordan Jr. on the show. He is a passionate and dedicated professional in web designing and the digital marketing sector. He has 10 years of experience in sales and marketing and currently is the owner of Jordan Marketing Consultants, a digital agency focused on high ROI marketing solutions. 
Jordan and his expert team promote businesses with compelling digital marketing strategies and deliver measurable outcomes in real time. I'm really excited to have Wendell here today because we want to talk a little bit about local SEO. I know it's a theme that's come up on this show uh, quite a few times over the last six months, uh, but it's something that I think a lot of small businesses miss out on. So I'd love to hear Wendell's expert advice on this topic. Wendell, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. I I appreciate the introduction. It's always weird when people read the bio because it's like, yeah, I guess that's me. Yeah, I guess I have been doing this for 10 years now. Yeah, 10 years. I'm sure you learn a lot about the local SEO space. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how you got involved in this and, and a little bit about your company. Man, how I got started, it was purely by accident. I started off with a different agency with a, with a close friend of mine, and um, he asked me if I wanted to sell some websites. And that, that's really how this process got started. I started reaching out to, to small businesses. Over the first year or so, it started getting to the point where we had enough business to where I had to start helping with the, with the design piece. I started learning different things about design and it was all via WordPress, but I never wanted to learn anything about SEO. Again, you think this is a few years ago now or many years ago now. So SEO is much different, right? It, it was sure way more is. mystical and, you know, maybe you gotta, you know, it just didn't, it didn't feel like something I wanted to do. I enjoy selling. Right. Um, over time, him and I decided to go separate, go our separate ways. And um, I started Jordan Consults, right? And Jordan Consults was this one-stop shop where anybody did, you know, anyone who needed designing, graphics, whatever it was, I was willing to take it because the money was green. Right. And I did that for some years and realized that I had nothing, you know, succinct in my process. So I took a step back, started looking at what other agencies were doing, started looking at what other businesses were doing even if it wasn't in, in the digital marketing space, right? Just from my own customer experiences. Sure. And I realized that for me personally, as a customer, I don't want to get my haircut where, I, where they can change my tires, right. right? Like that's really not my thing. So why do I, why did I create a business like that? Right? Like that doesn't make sense. Sure. So I, I started changing things up and Jordan Marketing Consultants was a lot more of a focused name, right? Like Jordan Consults, the true intention was to just get in where I fit in I wanted to actually be more consultative with that business than even even getting into design and wanted to actually offer sales advice to people. But what I've learned just as a, as a small side note is no one to this day, no one has specifically asked me, well, can you help me sell something? Right. That's never happened. They may right. want me to sell it, but they never asked me to help them do it. But Jordan Marketing Consultants came about when uh, I realized that I really needed to get focused. And we started really revamping our content, revamping the way that we describe ourselves. So uh, I still consider myself a digital marketing consultant, but my focus is local business. Uh, we do WordPress web design um, and our SEO approach is local SEO, SEO. And we do social media management. And of course, well, I shouldn't say of course, but we also manage the uh, WordPress websites as well in-house. So right. like, we do have a we do have a, uh, a WordPress management. We're not saying we do email marketing. We're not building funnels or anything like that. Like even when it comes to the conversion of our websites, it's a much different approach than say building, you know, 10 or 15 landing pages and seeing how that works out. Sure. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think it's really important that people know at a local level, those things become exponentially less important, right? Like you don't need to yes. have a hundred landing pages when you're dealing with a small community. Uh, right. And obviously there's a lot of businesses. There's, uh, you know, construction companies, uh, we, we, the dentists, uh, you know, so local mechanics. You brought up, like there's so many businesses that simply have 
a local presence. Uh, and you've got two schools of thought. You have a lot of business owners that say, well, I'm just local. Like, I only serve this small community, or I just serve my town. Uh, I don't need to be on the internet. I don't need to worry about it. I don't care because I'm not serving that national audience. Uh, Absolutely. And that's a huge mistake, of course. Uh, then you have the other people who say, yeah, yeah, no, I, I really, I want to be on the internet. I think this is great. Uh, they hire one of these uh, national companies to uh, to buy SEO when they don't even quite understand what that means. <laughs> uh, I always say, well, how much, how, how many gallons of SEO do you want today? Sure. But what, what will happen is that they hire these companies that treat them as if they are one of these national sales organizations that are looking to build funnels and email and all this stuff that really doesn't help drive and convert traffic to the right. local business. Uh, and one of the things maybe we can jump right into is the first thing is to talk about locally optimized content on your website, because I think one of the great things that you're offering here is that you can create the website and you can offer the consulting and the guidance on the content that goes on that website. Because we both know <laughs> that so many of these companies will say, yeah, yeah, we'll do everything. We, we'll build you a website. Uh, then they build basically a framework and say, okay, email us all the content. So the irony is I was that, that that's what I was for years, right? For years, the only thing I really wanted to do was websites. I didn't really care about the content, to be honest. I mean, it, I didn't understand at the time how important content was. So I would make that exact statement like, hey, are you providing the content? You know, and more often than not, people, business owners are proud, right? So they, we, because I'm a business owner too, we don't like to say, oh, I should probably let you do it, right? So they would give me content. Sometimes, man, I, we could have a whole other podcast about the, the, the terrors oh, yeah. of, 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 of in, in-house content from a small business owner. But right. anyone um, who's ever built a website for a client is shaking their head right now and knowing yeah, how like, frustrating and difficult it can be to extract content man. for yeah, and you then when you get the content right like, right you get the content and it's a paragraph and a half yep and they look at you like so now you can make six pages right right no how, <laughs> how are we supposed to do that again in 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 gaining the knowledge you know that i have and and some of some of the other people that, that work here with me um now when we start looking at local businesses we're looking at what the local customer is looking for that that's really what that that localized content is you know once upon a time when you would look at a website and it still exists today. But once upon a time, when you looked at a website, you would see all of these pages, especially if it was a landscaper or a mechanic, right? And they service a few areas, you'll have location specific pages, right. but it'll be duplicate content, right? So you'll go to the, you know, I'm, I'm here in, in Houston. So Friendswood is a place, right? Pearland is a place. And you can even say just Houston as a whole. So mm -hmm. when you're looking at those places, you know, it, but it's duplicate content. Something that we try to be sure of is, is even though you may be servicing these different areas with the same services, we have to make sure that we cater the content a little bit different because those locations tend to be different, right? Even if you're, and I, and I know you're a New York guy, which by growing up, I'm a New Yorker, right? I'm, yeah. I'm in Houston, but, um, you know, being, living in Queens, the dynamic is completely different than say living in the Bronx. Right. Like the, the wear and tear, believe it or not, is going to be completely different depending on what it is. The, the landscaping company has a totally different conversation sure. with Eastern Long Island than they do a Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, like the, the lawns are different. The needs of service are completely different. So we want to make sure that we understand what the customer is, you know, what, what that customer experiences and what they're actually going to be looking for when we're talking about what local content looks like, because even even though. No one has reinvented the wheel on changing brakes. The people that you service 
is going to be different depending on where you are, you know, in your specific city. Right, of course. So I, I think a, a good suggestion on this in terms of optimizing content, if I have this right, would be, uh, you know, you had mentioned uh, Brooklyn, if you're a landscaper in Brooklyn, uh, there's a big difference if you put a piece of content on your website that says, hey, we are the best landscaping company in New York versus we are the best landscaping company in New York City versus right. we are the best landscaping company in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, and I think that's a great tidbit. So if, if people, if you're thinking about your content strategy and you are a local business, hyper-focus that content on your locality. Keep it specific. Don't say New York City if you don't mean New York City. Because like you said, most landscapers, if you're not familiar with the New York area, uh, if you're a Brooklyn landscaper, like you said, there's no way you're doing landscaping in Manhattan uh, and there's no right. way you're doing Eastern Long Island. Even though geographically, right. they're not that far apart, uh, it can right. take an hour to get five miles in New York City. So <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Now, the other parts of that too, when you talk about strategy, and the reason why we enjoy what we do is because we one of the first things we do is understand what your locality truly is. Like you, you just said it perfectly. We'll keep to the New York example and I'll jump over into a Houston example. But if you're looking at Brooklyn, right, and you're looking at, you know, just the, the entire borough of Brooklyn, if you're, let's just say, Canarsie versus Williamsburg, those are opposite ends of, of, of the borough. Right. And even if you're looking at, at Queens, you know, where I'm from, you're looking at Jamaica versus Whitestone. Yep. Like you said, if you've got three houses in Jamaica and six houses in Whitestone, that eats up your entire day when you, in fact, could have been you could have done an additional four or five houses without the transport. Right. So maybe you're Jamaica's best landscaping company. Yeah. Right. Like maybe you're Whitestone's best landscaping company. Maybe you're you're the go to person for Canarsie. Yep. Because now you're you're becoming focused and maybe we want to branch out and say my neighboring Brooklyn is not as good as Queens. So I'm going to use a Queens example. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> the Jamaica, you know, like maybe you're a St. Albans or you're a Laurelton or you're a Rosedale. Right. Yep. But even if you're Rosedale, maybe you're in eastern Long Island. Right. Or, or I guess technically that's western Long Island. But you know what I mean? Like, sure. you know, like, like it's something where you're straddling borders, but it allows for you to start to create you know, a, a wider circle without making the circle this big, right? Like we still want to keep the, cir the circle focused. Right. And that's one of the most important things when you start talking about being able to look at an actual return on your investment when you, when you start doing SEO, let alone local SEO. Sure. Who are you talking to? Yeah, that is that is great, great advice. Uh, so if we take this, so we, we have a content strategy now, we, uh, we design our beautiful website. Next would be maybe a... Uh, Google business listing, I'd imagine, right? You want to link this to, to your website? Right. So Google My Business is the thing that I tell every business owner, you don't need me for, you don't need anyone for. Um, this is always my, my giveaway. Don't let anyone call you and tell you they're from Google and you need them to claim your Google My Business listing. Those are scams. Yeah. Um, but that, that Google My Business, I mean, as a business owner, it gives you free, free analytics. Even if you don't know how to set up anything, it, it gives you how often you come up and search. It'll tell you how often people are calling. They've actually grown Google My Business to the point where you can actually send messages inside of the Google My Business portal yeah. as, a, as, a, as a customer. Yep. So now you can, you can converse with your, with, your, with your prospect directly on the Google My Business platform. So you want to make sure that all of your information is accurate on that Google My Business page. I was, I was making this, this example earlier. And we're, we're going to put the content out probably next week. But 
we we found a really good article that that stated 67%. You have a 67% drop off in contact if your business information is inaccurate. Yeah. And so many businesses, you know, and there is no statistic that tells you how many businesses are truly inaccurate. Oftentimes because businesses don't know they're inaccurate. Right. So you get into that Google My Business, you claim your your listing if your 123 Main Street Suite A, be sure that that's what people see when they're looking for you because it is the difference if you're in a strip mall, if you're wherever. You want to make sure that that, that your address is specific to truly where you are. Make sure that your your, your phone, um, excuse me, your, uh, your hours of operation mm-hmm. are accurate, right? Um, there's nothing worse than looking on someone's Google page, driving across town only to find out that the pizza shop clo- is closed on Sundays. Right, right, right. There's nothing worse than that. Yeah, you know? and then you never and want to go to that pizza shop again ever. because you're frustrated it, and angry. Yep. Right. Ever, ever. And I, I've had that happen to me a few times. And <laughs> as the marketer, my statement is always the same. But their Google My Business listing said that they're open today. Right. Like that's right. always my. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think it's really important to mention for uh, small business owners, uh, Google creates these listings on their own. Uh, So even if you don't create your My Google listing, Google will create it for you, uh, and you will not have access to it until you claim it and validate it. Uh, So this is something you want to really try to be ahead of the curve on. You don't want to wait for Google to do it, because one... If you don't own your listing, then you don't have control of your listing. Uh, So the last and the worst thing you want to happen is that you don't do this. Uh, Then someone calls you and says, yeah, I saw you You got a couple bad reviews on on your Google listing. You say, well, I I don't even have a Google listing. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) And now you can't even respond to these bad reviews for a couple weeks until you validate and prove that you're the owner of the business and all these things. Uh, So it it can be, if you're not in that position, be a very frustrating experience to try to wrangle control of your own business reputation from Google. So uh, yeah, definitely get out there and get that started uh, first thing. uh, So you don't have to go through that later on. Yes, sir. Uh, So talk a little bit about backlinks. So we've got our website now. uh, We've optimized it for local SEO. We've created our beautiful My Google listing where we have our hours, we have content, we have pictures of of our business, right? Anything to to make it, uh, uh, you know, legitimate and and make it uh, look professional. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how backlinks work and what they are. So when we look at SEO, backlinking is, 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 is timeless. I mean... It's one of the the most story like you know it 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 dates the internet right backlinking. So when you think about backlinking from a local SEO space, you know that Google My Business is a, is technically a backlink. Your Facebook page, your all your social accounts are going to be backlinks. Um, your Yelp is going to be a backlink. A backlink essentially tells search engines that you are credible that you are credible for what you say you are right, whatever that thing may be. Now. You have the backlinks that are just going to um, give you authority as abc.com, right? Whatever that, whatever your business is.com. Um, but then you also have the more specific backlinks that are going to go and dive into, let's just say, the local paper, right? If you're able to get an online article that that that, that says something about how great of a landscaper you are for the greater Williamsburg area, right? how great you clean concrete, right? Like how, yep. how great of a power washer you are, you know, like those are the, the local backlinks that you really want to look for. The On the opposite end of that spectrum, which you really got to be careful about is looking at the free or low cost backlinks 
that are a global backlinking system, right? Which is more of, a, of, of an SEO, not a local SEO piece, right? Because backlinks from Australia do not help you. If you're at a local level, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. At a local yeah. level, the, yep. the Australian backlinks don't help you as easy as they are to get, right? They're, they're, they're just not going to help you. So as you're talking to any agency or even someone who's just doing your backlinks, you want to know how local are they? Now, granted, depending on where you are in the country and you know what that population looks like, that backlink may be, you know, you may have to do a 50 mile radius in order to really get scope sure. on that, right? Because I'm in the fourth largest city. I want to say New York is like one or two, right? Yep. So like for us, it's easier. Whereas if you're like, you know, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, the locality of, of your backlinking and being able to to get some local access or, or local attention, it's going to be a little different, right? So you're going to have to pull together quite a few cities in order to be able to kind of make that work for you. Right. So, the, the, mm-hmm, go ahead. So, so to break this down into a non-technical perspective, uh, essentially what we're saying is we want other local organizations to have links to our website and our content on Correct. our platforms. Uh, and and that makes a lot of sense because that's almost the same thing. I, and, and the key word you use, which is a great, great word, is validation, right? Because yeah. in, in regular real life, uh, if if you said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about I, I need to get my uh, I need to get my driveway sealed. Uh, and then every single one of your friends says, oh, you, you got to use ABC. They're the best. ABC is the best. ABC is the best. ABC is the best. That's that validation. Uh, so Google looks at that the same way. And they look at the entire internet and they say, okay, so the local newspaper links back to these guys as the driveway sealer. And this website over here, the Chamber of Commerce, links back to this driveway sealer. And let's say a nonprofit organization that this company works with links back to this driveway sealer. Uh, and like you said, it creates that validation, which is what Google uses to determine where you will show up and how prevalent your listing will be on their platform, which is which is really, really good advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you like you said, you break it down in a much more layman way. I get really excited and start talking about all the technicalities of things. Sure, sure. No, I, I I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the same way, and I, I've uh, I've I've vowed to try to break things down simpler because we we all get used to a certain yes, dialogue, sir. and it's easy yes, to sir, forget. Certainly. Let's talk a little bit about the different ways that people can do a local search because the most obvious that most people think of is uh, like all of us, you open Google. And you type in something, uh, you type in some type of search, some content you're looking for. And at a local level, you might say, uh, uh, break repair shop near me, right? And then you'll see all these listings of the businesses near you. Uh, but we discussed this a little bit uh, before we started this interview that there's actually some other ways that people search that aren't so obvious. The funny thing, when in, in, it's something that, that has become second nature for me. But when you think about how people find a business, like you said, there's always the Google search. And um, what's always a key thing that we can't forget, Justin, is Google has become like Kleenex, right? Where, you know, people people don't really say it as much anymore, but you say, you know, it's a facial tissue is a technical term, right? right so right. we should say search engines because as much as Google is the search engine, people still use Bing, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, yep. So, you know, between search engines, the other two keys are going to actually be map citations, believe it or not, because if you're looking for a physical business, you might not go to Google. You may actually go to your Apple Maps, right, mm-hmm. or your your Google Maps or Waze or whatever navigation software you're using. You know, if you're 
if you're um, of a certain age, maybe you still have a Garmin, right? Maybe yep. you're using your, your Garmin search, <laughs> I mean, your, your Garmin navigation, yep. but you have to be able to be fine. You have to be able to be searchable in those, in those platforms, believe it or not. And it's not an instantaneous thing. You know, once the business is there, Garmin knows one, two, three Main Street, Suite A. Right. Now, the, 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 the other one is, is voice search, right? And voice search is something that's really started booming with all of the AI and I got to be careful. I just thought about this. I got to be careful with the words that I use because I have one of these things in my house okay. and then we'll hear it talking to us from the distance <laughs> telling me it doesn't know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but voice search, I mean, you know, we, we know, we, we say Siri, we say Google, we say Alexa, we say all of these different things that allow for us to be able to search. And sometimes we're looking for, which is always cool because I, I don't use it this way, believe it or not, as much mm -hmm. as I'm the guy who, who does this stuff for businesses. I never ask the local, I've never voice search anything as far as businesses go, but voice search has, has, has grown to the point where we're now looking at tools that are specific to voice search to where, when we're looking at, at, at analytics, we're only looking at the voice search results, right? We're looking at keywords specific to voice search. So right. when you're, when, when you're putting together campaigns and it's still not a prominent piece, right? Because as much as it, it's, it's a growing uh, a space for search, there still isn't enough data. The data is still very um, close guarded, right? Because there's only a few companies that offer it. Right. Like to keep their, right. You know, like it's still close guarded. Yeah, you so, definitely have that oligopoly of, of uh, <laughs> right. data yeah. repositories, you know, like right, you, and right. you already named the three of them. There's, there's three of right. them that, that right. probably make right. up 99% of voice search traffic. And, and what I'll say is I know Alexa, um, and I don't know if it's an Amazon company, I think it may be, but they actually have a tool specific for voice search for, okay. for businesses. Right. And well, it's, it's really for marketers because it's really robust and it'll, it'll, it'll break down competitor analysis and a bunch of other things. But again, there really aren't, you know, some of the more common tools like a SimRush or a Moz, they have this much data of everything else. And then only this part of it is, is local search. Yeah, I mean, there's small. a voice search, right? right. Yeah, it's a very small piece of it. So, yeah. you know, but voice search is something definitely to be considerate of. Um, what you want to be sure of is that again, Voice search is pulling from some of the more common uh, directories, and I always say this word wrong, so I hope I don't get it wrong this time. Aggregators yep. of of data, right? So there's a few key aggregators of data, and then you have some of the big directories, right? So your Bing, your Google, your Yelp. Depending on the type of business, right? You you know you're looking at like it'll even go so deep as to look into like an Angie's List or a TripAdvisor. That's those are all the places that. Or I shouldn't say all, but those are some of the big places that some of these uh, voice tools are pulling data from. Right. I, I have a client. He has an RV park and I inherited him. This this RV park, I think, is older than me, in fact. But I inherited a website that was less than what we what we would consider, you know, a, a good form. Mm -hmm. So we redesigned it. We did a bunch of stuff with him. And just last week, I realized that he does not have a trip advisor, but as an RV park. That's a that's a major citation, right? That's a major backlink. Sure. You know, and I'm talking to him and he's, you know, we're talking about backlinks and all this other stuff. And I said, Well, you don't have a trip advisor. And he was like, Really? I'm like, yeah, but you know, like I inherited this. So some of the stuff that by my own mistake I assumed was already done, TripAdvisor being one of the main ones, that changes how he's able to be found on the internet dramatically, you know, yeah, especially big. when you talk about, you know, search, I mean, a uh, voice search makes a big difference. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think it's worth noting that uh, every business 
should have some type of uh, social media audit strategy, uh, whether it's once a week, once a month, but a scheduled time that happens on a regular basis where you take a moment and look, am I in the places that I need to be? Uh, am I tackling the places that I'm at? And, and, and am I engaging with my customers, right? So to jump to one other topic into local search uh, is, is, of course, reviews. Uh, let's say with, with Google, it would be Google reviews of your business. Uh, and as I kind of mentioned earlier, it, sometimes people don't even know that there's reviews out there. Uh, so part right. of this audit would be, hey, let me let me Google myself. Let me Google my business name. Oh, boy, there's a bad review. Let me. Right. How am In I going to respond browser. to it? Right. Do it in a private browser. Right. Yeah. yeah private browser, browser, incognito yeah. mode if you're, you're in right. Chrome. Right. Right. Uh, right because, right. yeah, one of the things, and I'm glad you brought that up, uh, you think to yourself, how does local search even work? And obviously, a, a big chunk of that is when you're on your phone, everyone knows where you are. Google knows where you are. <laughs> Apple knows where you are. Uh, your right. location is known to the world yeah. when you're on your right. phone. So it's very Absolutely. easy when someone's on mobile to say, oh, they're in this exact location and then use right. that to give relevant information. Uh, and and I, if we go back for a second and take a look at that, the, the importance of reviews and the things that, again, will give you authority uh, validation, authority, and relevancy, those yeah. are kind of the three key things. So let's talk a little bit about reviews and Google reviews uh, so as, as a component of, of, of a My Google listing. I'm going to jumble that up with a couple of things that you mentioned as well. Um, so, so first, reviews are, I mean, they're almost invaluable. You know, when I think of some of the people, again, just solely as a consumer, when I think about some of the people that I talk to, about a product or a service, the first thing they ask me are what are the reviews, right? But I don't even think, and again, it's just so it's so weird to be in this space, like as the as the as my business, right? As as my profession, I don't even care about reviews because I know reviews are subjective, right? right? If you run a review campaign, there are some softwares that actually reroute anything less than a three. Yep. Which Google frowns upon. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know that, but Google frowns upon that. I, there's a specific term that they use because they want authentic reviews, no matter how good or bad they are. Right Now, the other thing uh, that I do want to tie in real quick, and then I'll, I'll be a little more expansive, is another piece of content that, uh, it's, it's an article, we didn't write it, but it, it, it's a great piece of information about how Yelp and Google are actually handling fake reviews. Because Google My Business has started to become so prominent, business owners are not only creating fake reviews for themselves, but creating fake reviews for their competitors. Right. Because, you know, as much as it's great for you to have a five star review, it's even better for John's pizza shop to have a bunch of one star reviews. Right. So, you know, um, Google's starting to crack down and starting trying to figure out exactly how are we able to verify that you've even been to this location. Um, but but when you when you start looking at reviews, what you want to do is you want to put together a list, you know, an email list. Phone calls are, are cool, but you need email. Um, and decide where you want the where you want the majority of your reviews to go. Uh, Yelp is tricky. Yelp still has a filter or a buffer where if they don't feel like it's organic, they'll hide the review. Yeah, and they've done that for decades. But Google, they don't care how you get it; they're going to post it. Right. Um, but you know, there's there, there's depending on the type of business that you are, it may be more beneficial, believe it or not, for you to have people go to Angie's List yep. or whatever whatever service space that you're in where there's a directory of your business because 
as much as Google reviews are, are, are very important, they actually don't affect how you're ranked, believe it or not. Right. So even if you have no reviews or a thousand reviews, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to rank higher than someone who has less or more reviews. It, it, that's not one of the key factors in ranking. Right. But when you're talking about validation, you know, you want to make sure that you set a number, decide how many reviews you want on a specific platform, and then start getting new reviews, you know, somewhere else. For myself, and for Jordan Marketing Consultants, that's probably our our hardest part is getting people to write reviews. You know, right. it's we, we've got we've got a few reviews on 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 Google. Um, there's a couple other platforms that we use to, to gather reviews. One of the platforms, it's an awesome platform, but the review process is so long that we've lost like two clients. To in the process, not 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 as as clients, but right. they've been lost in the review process. Yeah, they say they so want to do the review, but yeah. to do it is so complicated that right. they, yeah, they, like they the give up. The review process yeah. is like twenty minutes, yep. and I didn't know until someone was like, "Hey, I just wrote you the longest review I've ever written in my life." And yeah. I was like, "Oh well." Yeah, it is. It is. It's really difficult to know. And that kind of goes back to that audit is just going around and and taking a look on a regular basis. Uh, And uh, another theme that Ah. comes up on this podcast all the time is where are your customers? You need to know where your customers are. Exactly. I'm sorry. So the other thing, too, that I wanted to mention when you talk about that audit. So to 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 kind of double down on that. You probably want to do it on a monthly basis. You just want to look to see where things, how you're sitting on, on, on your major platforms. You're never going to be perfect on them all, but you want to figure out on major on your what you consider to be major. Yep. The other thing, too, is every quarter, take time and do a deep dive into that audit and decide if you need new imaging, decide if, if there's any services that have been added, decide if any services need to be removed. You know, Maybe sure. you're not doing that anymore. Because that's another thing, too, where when you talk about a service-based industry, you know, Sometimes you you used to clean gutters as the land as the landscaper, right? You used yep. to do that, but you don't do it anymore because yes. it, it just wasn't lucrative, you know. Great. And now people are calling you about cleaning gutters, and that's not that's not what you do anymore. So definitely want to take a quarterly review and just look to see, you know, have you if you're if you're a, a brick and mortar location, have you updated things inside the store? Do you have a new yep. awning? Is it still the same awning that kind of hangs to the left a little bit? You know, yep. like those are all things that, that you want to be thoughtful of as you do that quarterly. And review. is your content dated? I think we've all, yes. everyone in the world has gone to a website and it's like, oh, great. Here's this new company. And the last thing that was posted uh, was, hey, we're having an event and it's four years old. And you think to yourself, <laughs> wow, are they even in business anymore? Did they forget? Yes. Uh, but yeah, we yeah, and especially as a web developer, I'm sure you see that all the time. Uh, so yeah, that's really, really great advice to, to take a look yes. at your website site and your content and is it still relevant so the three key words that i take out of our conversation today uh and local search is really authority relevancy and validation uh and if you get those three things together and and you do it the right way uh you will find that local search can be an incredibly powerful driver of business to your company and with that, I would love to talk about this all day long, but we're, we're kind of yes, running out of time here. So I'm going to jump into this. What is the biggest mistake you've ever made? Biggest mistake ever. Being the one-stop shop, trying to do everything for everybody and never, and never defining what, A, what I really enjoy doing as a business owner, and B, deciding which clients I really wanted to serve. Like now I'll tell people no. Right. I just told the guy no yesterday, in fact. Yeah. So that, that, the, that's the biggest part, man, is, is, is knowing not being everything for everyone and defining what my customer truly looks like and being okay with turning away money. 
that's great advice. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of businesses, especially when they get started, they they're they're desperate. They want to grow, uh, and they will take on anything. Uh, and and like you said, you you eventually learn that you're you're better off maybe letting some of those clients go and focusing on one one specific niche that you're going to see some success in. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Best piece of advice? Can it be more than one? Sure, go okay. for it. So my, my the the best piece of advice as I grew into being good at sales was everything is a sale. And it sounds so cheesy and cliche, but everything is a sale is it's, it's relative to communication. And the same way that I want to communicate to a prospect is the same way I want to communicate to my girlfriend, to my children, yep. to the bus driver, right? The, the same level of care that you think about when you're communicating to the person that you expect to pay you it's the same level of care you should have whenever you're talking to someone. So that's what I got from everything is a sale. And, and, it, and it changed the way that I wanted to learn how to communicate and understanding that. The other piece of, of, of advice that I would say was just as paramount was, man, back when I, when I was in the music space and um, this young lady, she told me, you don't need a lawyer until you need a lawyer. Because we used to have these lengthy contracts and all this other stuff. And we right. weren't doing anything for real. But she was she was an accomplished artist. And she was like, you'll need a lawyer when you need a lawyer. I, I can't remember exactly how she phrased it. But again, taking that and moving it throughout all the things that I've done in life, sometimes we become so focused on being prepared that we've done nothing. Right. Right? Like, like we're so ready for everything, but we've never taken a step to get to something. Yeah, it's that analysis paralysis. Yeah, right? And that was, that was kind of where... I, I mean, in, in her and I retained a, a, a pretty good rapport for years, but at that time, it actually stopped her from working with us because I was like, well, I just need you to sign this contract. And she was like, we haven't even, there hasn't been a single note heard. Right. I mean, you're talking about a contract, right? Like you're being, you're, you're preparing for the worst and you haven't even taken a step forward with me. And that, that, that helped me, that helps me to this day. You know, I, 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 I'm happy with with my process. I'm always looking to make it better. But now I spend a lot less time getting ready to get ready and just walking, right? And just just start going forward. And yep. then as we see things, we go, okay, well, let's let's tweak this a little bit. Let's change this a little bit. And instead of having the document that no one signs because we haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen that at a lot of different levels. I mean, I've seen people start a business and they agonize over their logo. They won't even launch because they're spending two months on a logo. And it's like, hey, listen. You make the logo. The logo doesn't make you, right? And, Absolutely. You know, you look at logos of like giant corporations, and they're pretty awful. You know, McDonald's, right. Nike. It's a check mark, right? An M. Right. Oh, that's real original. An M for McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> and no one right. put a lot of thought into these logos. I think when they happened, they just right. did it uh, and move forward, and you figure it out as you go along. That's great, great advice. And to go back about the everything is a sale. Uh, my wife's a nurse. Uh, but suddenly, if it comes to like booking a vacation or something, she's Zig Ziglar uh, when she starts breaking down why I need to book this trip, whether we have the money or not. <laughs> so yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, she she's ends gotta up walk you. She's got to walk you to the sale. She <laughs> just hey, we're going on vacation. No, no, no. You've had a rough week. Yep. Would it be nice if you could? <laughs> yeah. Now you're thinking about it. The emotional connection. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Validation. Exactly. Authority. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Thank yeah, you so much, Wendell. Yes, I really appreciate you being on the show. And uh, yes, how can people get in touch with you if they want help with this? Because obviously, it's a lot to take on. Uh, even though you know, we all know 
it's easy to figure things out over a long period of time. But uh, most people, you're focused on your business. You don't have time to do all of these things. You just want to hire someone who's going to be able to help you out and 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 walk you through the process. How do people get in touch with you, Wendell? The the two best ways, LinkedIn. Um, you'll know it's me. It's it's this funny looking face, uh, Wendell Jordan on LinkedIn. And then if you if you want to email me, you can email me at Wendell at jordanmarketingconsultants.com. You can also check out the website, jordanmarketingconsultants.com. Awesome. And I will certainly put links to all of that into the show notes and on the website, marketingandservice.com. Uh, you, you'll be able to review all those and, and connect with uh, Wendell there as well. And uh, again, thank you so much for being here today. I really yes, appreciate sir. it. And I, I had so much fun talking about local SEO with you. Wow, what a great episode with Wendell. I learned so much about local search, and it it really is such a huge, huge opportunity that so many businesses are missing out on because they're not taking the time to create their content and to create their Google listing and to kind of build their strategy around local search. And it's going to take a while for people to get a hold of this, but if you're the first one to get it done, you are going to have a huge jumpstart on the competition. And this is something that if you serve a local market, you want to be doing right now. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Again, like, subscribe if you enjoy it. Check out marketingandservice.com. I have show notes where I talk about episodes, my afterthoughts of episodes, plus all the contact information for the guests that are on the show are all available on the episode notes on marketingandservice.com. You can also, of course, as I said in the beginning, hit me up on Facebook on the marketingandservice.com Facebook page. Email me, justin at marketingandservice.com, J-U-S-T-I-N at marketingandservice.com. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you on the next one.